As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey ladies, this is random, but um, I before I go into the meat of the podcast, I recorded this earlier and I went back and listened to it and I realized that I made um, a mistake in using the word salvation and sanctification a couple of times and I didn't want to confuse anyone. So pretty much um, salvation is the process of accepting Christ and um, by saying that we acknowledge him as our savior, that we will enter into heaven, salvation. Um, and then sanctification is the process of living like Christ on earth. And so um, during the portion of time that I talk about that, I kind of use those words interchangeably by accident. So don't be confused and I apologize. And now into the show we go. Hey ladies, what's up? It's Myra and you have found yourself back in the middle with me. <laughs> I really hope that you are having um, an amazing week. I don't know how COVID has tried to kink your style, but I hope that you've been finding ways to maximize it. Like, have you cleaned out a closet? Have you been spending more time and playing board games with your children? Have you been moving more? What have you said? You know what, COVID, you're not going to get me slipping. Where have you chosen? I love that word. Y'all y'all know I'm constantly, perpetually, always talking about choices. What have been your COVID choices? <laughs> yes, I like that. What have been your COVID choices where you have said, during this season, I'm going to choose to do this or that or the other? And how will you look back on this COVID season and say, you know what? That was a tough season, but this is how I made the best of it. So today, this is what we're doing. We're making the best of COVID season because I was cleaning my closet during COVID and it allowed me to come across this folder of lots of my old messages that I had the honor of speaking and presenting and sharing at different places over the course of the years. And so the month of August is just all about reducing, reusing, and what? Recycling. So we're recycling these old messages. And today I'm going to be um, sharing with you ladies on the podcast, a message that a message that I shared with the women of Destiny Church in Fort Worth, where um, the pastor is um, Pastor James Womack. And so I kicked it off with talking about weights and we always talking about weight. So trust me, it's going to be like 15 seconds talking about weight because I'm sick of talking about weight. Aren't you? But anyway, I was telling the ladies then, and I'll tell you now, because it's the same story, that I have the same 10 to 15 pounds. And you know what? It's it's a different set of 10 to 15 pounds because I'll lose it and I'll gain it. I'll lose seven and then a different, interesting, unique, and pesky 10 will show up somewhere on my thighs and on my hips. A different set up and down. And I have the nerve to be upset and confused and wondering, God, why, why? And so one day he, he, he slowed me down 
and spoke to me in my, my little spirit as clear as day. And he said, now listen, Myra, you may be doing the things that will allow you to lose 10 pounds here and 10 pounds there. You might be doing the things, but you are not living a lifestyle that is consistent in supporting and sustaining weight maintenance. And I said, what? God, you said all that. And what about you, sis? I don't know if it's your weight. I don't know if it's a relationship. I don't know if it's your finances. But where do you feel frustrated because you're doing the things? And you could probably make a list of everything you've done that would support victory in that area. But when you really dial it back and look at the course of your life, your days, your years, your months, when it comes to that particular thing, have you really committed yourself to a lifestyle that would support and sustain the gains and the victory? And I know oftentimes many of us feel that way just with our Christian life and our, and our relationship with Christ. We feel that it's cold and hot, cold and hot. We feel that we're close to God and then he feels so far and it goes in this crazy circle back and forth. And it's so frustrating. And I know during COVID, when many of us haven't been going to Bible studies and going to church, we find ourselves even more distant and just wondering, why can't I live this life of just being consistently in tune with God? And so. We also find ourselves wondering, why do I keep stumbling in that area? Why, why am I not consistently growing in the areas of my life that I would like? And I believe that God tells us the same thing that he told me, that we are not committed to lifestyles that would support and sustain the growth that we want. And let me let me just further just back that up and give you some examples. Like, like we have learned over the years that, you know, God promises us abundance and he provides self-control. But so many of us are unable to exercise that self-control in our spending habits. Hence the, the Amazon package that's going to find itself on your doorstep again today. <laughs> Or we go to church and we hear the pastors teaching us about God's expectation that we forgive people. And he expects that of that of us because he shows us and demonstrates forgiveness to us towards us. And so we learn that. But yet and still, we haven't talked to a friend in 10 years over an argument we had. And we don't even remember what the argument was about. No growth. Or. If you're like me, you're married and and you are subscribed to 50 podcasts and you have 10 different books about marriage and relationships, but you walking around the house right now giving out silent treatments. Information, no growth. Or all of us have learned that Christ died for us on the cross and the veil was torn and that we have direct access to him. But when was the last time that you can say that God clearly spoke to me in this manner? Jesus says that in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth and the life. But then so many of us are lost, confused and in some cases spiritually dead. 
And I just want to know why, and I'm sure you as well, why am I not consistently growing in the issues and the matters of my life, specifically when it comes to my relationship with Christ? And so today, we're going to jump into that. So the first thing that came to my mind and God put on my heart when I was wondering, why aren't I growing? Why am I not growing? Like I'm past 40. And what I want to see is consistent growth in my life. One of the things that he said is stop asking for new information. You just need to review what you already have. So the first tip, sis, is just review. You do not need new information. You just need to walk in obedience to the information you already have. Stop asking God to show you the next step. Just keep walking on the last road that he puts you on. God is not going to give you more light in a certain area when you haven't responded to the light that he's already given you. God has given me permission to tell you to stop gathering and to start planting. Don't go to another conference. Don't. I don't care if it's virtual. I don't care if it's free. I just want you to go get the notes from the last conference that you said was so good and so life-changing, but you haven't yet implemented consistently. Stop gathering. Start planting. You do not need to buy another book. Don't listen to another one on tape, on Audible. No, but go back and get that book where you highlighted all over it, write notes and implement that information that you already have. Like we know the things, but we just need to go back and review and repeat and implement. Like we know that God is love, right? So who can you go and love today? You know that. Like we know that God says forgive. Who do you need to go and forgive? You already know that, sis. God says be slow to anger. Where in your life do you just keep popping off? Go fix that. Don't look for something new. God says be sexually pure. Who are you sleeping with? Sis, you know that. And you're wondering why you can't get Consistent peace and joy because you are not implementing a life of purity that you already know. God says has self-control. If you like me, how many times you go back to that same chip bag? Where in your life do you just need to implement the information that you already know? Sis, no more information. Just act on what you already know. Psalms 119.15 says that I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. What passage of scripture do you need to just sit with and recite and repeat and write it on a mirror? Not a new passage, but one that you learned back in old school Awana Bible days. What information are you not implementing that you already know? Ladies, I've learned, um, a counselor told me one time that obedience 
is a decision of the will. It's not that you don't know what to do. You just have not made the decision to be obedient to that. And once you make the decision to be obedient, the next thing you have to know and be committed to is this simple phrase. I saw this on Des Bryant's Twitter page a week ago. It was so simple. He said, discipline equals freedom. Once you decide to obey the thing, then be disciplined and committed to the thing and discipline will bring about freedom. Let me go back to that weight thing. Like I am currently not free to go in my closet and pick up anything in there. Like I literally have this small section of my closet of what I know I can wear comfortably. But once I am committed to discipline, I will be free to walk in that closet, close my eyes and pick up anything I want and wear it and wear it comfortably. Don't you want that freedom in your life? Discipline brings about freedom. Discipline to the concepts that we already know. So the first key, the first tip that I want to give you when it comes to growth, it is to review what you already know. And once you review it, you need to be committed to that obedience to it and to the discipline of it. All right. So the second thing after we review, I believe that God wants us to rest. Y'all, when I say that word, it just rolls off my tongue and I literally feel it warming my body like rest. Y'all say it with me in your car, in your room, just say rest. I feel like the weight of that, especially when it comes to women, um, we just do so much and the world tells us to keep going and to do more and more. But I want to free somebody up right now. In order for you to obtain the growth that you have been so earnestly seeking, you actually need to do less and more and not more. Let me say that again because I messed it up. (laughs) In order for you to obtain the growth that you have been so earnestly and diligently seeking, you need to do less and not more. Rest, sis. You know the story of um, Mary and Martha and Luke. And so let me review the story. Jesus comes to Mary and Martha's house and um, Martha gets in her feelings strong because Mary has the nerve, audacity and gall to not help her with all the stuff that she has to do. And Mary chooses to sit down at Jesus's feet and just commune and be with and soak up the energy and the words of Christ. But Martha, on the other hand, is just in the kitchen, just doing stuff. And listen, for a long time, I was upset at this passage. I'm like, Jesus came. He probably brought all them 12 disciples and all these other people were in her house. Her house had to be clean. Her, she, the people needed food. Like, what do you mean? Martha had to do this stuff. But see, when she goes to God, excuse me, Jesus, and she complains about Mary, this is what Jesus tells her. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. 
but only a few things are needed. Sis, there's the unlock. Only a few things are needed. See, I, I envisioned Martha in the kitchen. She was in there making like miniature baby quiches and bacon wrapped shrimp with chocolate covered strawberries. And Jesus was like, honey, that's the many things that you in there that got you all in your feelings. I didn't require all that. Jesus said, you could have got me a Earl Campbell and put it on some bread and gave me some water. A few things is all that's needed. Where in your life are you doing the extra or as we say the most when you don't need to be, when you don't have to, and you've convinced yourself that all that extra is a have to. And honestly, most of the time, it's our choices of believing that we must do the extra that keep us feeling tired and bogged down. Often you will not choose between good and evil, but most times it'll be just between good and better. Will you choose today, sis, to do what is better? And like, that's one thing that's happened during COVID is that it slowed us down. But I'm so afraid that when the world opens back up, back up, we're going to get back into the busyness and the chaos of life and be so tired. And then we're going to be confused on why we're not growing. Like, are you going to put your kids back in like three or four different sporting leagues because they have to? When it's time for you to sign up for committee meetings and volunteer and you volunteer for the bake sale, are you going to be so bogged down with, I have to make this certain one so I can show off my baking skills, but you can just possibly just go to a bakery and buy some that evening, but you stressing over having the best ones there. How about some nights when you just dead dog tired and you just need to go to bed, but you just hear your mama's voice in your head saying, no good woman goes to bed with a dirty kitchen. Like where in your life? Well, you just need to make choices sometime that will give you the rest and the margin in your life. Even when it comes to joining another ministry, they're going to ask you, sis. They're going to ask you because they know that you're committed. They know you don't say no. They know that you have a smile on your face. So they're going to ask you. But you're already in two ministries. Like where in your life do you feel that you have to when honestly it's a choice or how about work will you take that promotion even though you know it's going to pull you away from your family more than what you need to be do you have to do that in order to make these right choices you have to switch your thinking from the things that you have to do sis you do not have to have a bigger house your son does not have to have the newest jordans for school you do not have to go on that girl's trip if your money isn't right you do not have to have a spotless house as long as it's not nasty you do not have to give your daughter a new iphone you do not have to take that promotion you do not have to volunteer for that event you do not have to let your brother borrow that money you do not have to Sister, we have convinced ourselves that we have to, and those have tos are squeezing the very life out of us. 
The choices that will give you the biggest margin and freedom for growth in your life and to give your soul rest are most often not between good and evil necessarily, but between good and better. And so today, sis, I really want you to make the connection between have-tos and what I've tricked myself into thinking that I did not have a choice. And once you realize that, you'll begin to have time on your hands to think, to meditate, to review. Like if you're tired and going all the time, the principles and the precepts that you learn that you want to implement to make your life better, you don't even have time to do that. So the first thing we need to do for growth is we need to review what we already know. And then the second thing we need to do is just rest. Yeah, just just say that one more time. Just rest. Okay, so after you rest, then you need to recharge. You hear it in my voice that I got a little bit more amped up for the recharge. Okay. If rest was to take something away that is draining your soul, recharging is to add something to it that's going to motivate it and pump it up. And so I have about four things that will help you recharge. Number one is your favorites. Do you love walking in the park? Do you enjoy writing? Do you enjoy time with your friends? Do you love going on dates with your husband? Do you enjoy getting pedicures? What are the things, your favorite things that give you life, that give you energy? Sis, make time to do those. It is not selfish to take time for yourself. It is not a poor use of your time. Like so many times I feel myself being guilty. Like if I'm I'm sitting down, because I love just like being by myself, just kind of resting and chilling out. That's one of my favorite things to do. But I feel guilty because I think about all the things that I could or should be doing. But it is okay, sis, I give you permission to engage in the things that recharge you. It makes you better in the things that are the true have tos. So number one, under the category of recharging is getting in touch and doing your favorite things. And after favorites, something else that recharges you is your friends. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road. Y'all know that. Like golden girl. You need some golden girls. You need people to encourage and laugh with and to be yourself. Authentic friendships recharge your soul. Get you some. So after your favorites, after your friends, then there's your family. Now, I'm not talking about like trifling pookie them that you just, they, they steal your energy. I'm talking about those family members that have been with you since birth, that know you intimately, know your heart, know who you are, know where your birthmark is, know where you fail, know, just know everything about you. It is something recharging about just being in the energy and space with people who authentically love and know you. So after you get your favorites and your friends and your family You have to go to the father. Now that is a true have to. The ultimate recharge and the greatest need for your soul is communion with God. 
It's not money. It's not counseling. It's not a book. It's not your husband. It's not a job. When it comes to a recharge, you have to be in touch with the father. Psalm 71, 19 through 20. It ends with this. It says that God will revive me again from the depths of the earth. You will bring me up again. Isn't that the definition of being of recharging? Being brought up from the depths? Y'all, only God can be your authentic and lasting recharge. The only answer to a spiritual slump and spiritual stagnation is an active one-on-one uninhibited relationship with God the Father. And let me break that down because I know that sounds so simple, but I want to take that element by element. Active, one-on-one, uninhibited. So what I mean by active is that it is daily. It is living from one moment to the next. It's growing. It's different. It's changing. It's evolving. It is not stagnant. And some examples of that is that when you sit down to pray over your food, you don't say, God is good. God is great. Let us. Mm-mm. Even in your prayer, sometimes you close your eyes and you say, Lord, thank you for this food because I realize that there are people in Africa that do not have this food. And just, Lord, I went to the grocery store today and I saw the abundance of the grocery store. And that I can just at any moment, any moment, swipe a card and come out with a carload. And you open your eyes and your kids are like, mama, the broccoli is getting cold. But because your relationship is so active, you can't even say a quick prayer sometimes. Or when you go to church, you know when it's time to change ministries and you don't stay in the same ministry for 40 years just because you're supposed to. But God says, you know what? It's time for you to move from the choir to the youth and you feel him telling you that. Or you don't go to the same church because I grew up there and I feel stuck here. No, 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 no. It's active because God says, you know what? I want you to move to this church. And when you get to that church, they ask you, what is your ministry? And you say, you know what? I'm really good with finances and money and numbers. And they say, wow, we have been praying for a treasurer. And because you responded to the active relationship that you have with Christ, this church will now be blessed because of it. Your relationship with Christ needs to be active. And then the second component of that is one on one. Yes, you need people and podcasts and pastors, but honey, ultimately, all you need is some quiet time with the father. God will tell you that, listen, you don't need T.D. Jakes. You don't need Tony Evans. Now, I sent them for a purpose, but they were not supposed to replace me. All you need is it's some quiet time to hear from God speak to your soul. And so we have, as I mentioned before, this ability, this unveiled, uninterrupted, unbuffered ability to go straight to Christ and speak to him. And you need to have the ability to go to the word yourself. And hear what God is saying to you through the scriptures. You need the ability to close your eyes and listen to your heart. Because when you allow it, your soul will speak. So the second component was one-on-one. And then the third was uninhibited. Many of us have this emotional block when it comes to God. We are angry because of what he let happen. 
We are disappointed by what hasn't happened. And some of us don't trust him because of past experiences. And we are too afraid not to believe in him, but too angry to trust him. And unless and until you deal with that anger, that frustration, that disappointment, you will have this inhibited relationship with him. So if we're talking about growth, we must have an active one-on-one uninhibited. And so for you, you need to take those components and ask yourself, do I have an active relationship with Christ? And if not, how do I get there? Do I have a one-on-one? And maybe I need to listen to less podcasts. Not mine, no. Not <laughs> Read less books. Even turn off, I don't know, sermons sometimes. And just what is God saying to me that I don't have to get secondhand from someone else? And then uninhibited. What work, sis, do you need to do to work through your disappointment, to work through your anger, to have an uninhibited relationship with Christ? So we talked about in order to grow, we must review and after review, we need to rest. And after we rest, we need to recharge and we recharge by our friends, our favorites, our family, and ultimately the father. And then the last thing is that we we need to recommit. So there's a difference between like salvation and sanctification, right? Like sanctification is the process that gets you to being with Christ in heaven someday. But sanctification is the commitment to being like Christ on earth each day. And that's where many and most of us fail. We know that all right, I got baptized. I know that's one and done. I'm good with that. And baptism is like this exclamation mark to our salvation that yes, we're going to Christ. But baptism is only a comma when it comes to our sanctification. Salvation check. Yes, we got it. Stamp, seal, deliver it. But salvation, hmm, with most of us, I'm sorry, sanctification, not so much. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, we need to do our best to present yourselves to God as one approved, a worker who does not meet, who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. How do we correctly handle the word of truth? Not by memorizing or regurgitating or debating or not being a theologian of the word. But correctly handling the word of truth means using, implementing, and practicing. This goes back to the point that we need to stop gathering, but start planting and pruning and cultivating. And that, sis, is when you will grow. Like what commandment are you ignoring that you need to start following? What commitment did you make years ago that you need to recommit to? What word, what deed, what is God telling you that you know he's speaking to you, but you're suppressing? Um, What characteristic 
of God that you want to be more like, but you are not wanting to be humble enough to be that particular thing. Is he asking you to be more quiet and gentle in your spirit and you refuse to do that? If he's asking you to apologize and be forgiving, but you confuse like where in your life do you need to recommit to the things of God and who you want to be and who you are? So ladies, this is what this podcast is about. In the Middle with Myra is about women in our middle age and in our older years of life saying, I want to be better and different and learn from all the things that I've experienced and I want to grow. And we acknowledge and we understand that getting older with style and grace, it ain't easy, but somebody has to do it. So why not us? And sis, why not you? And as always, choose to make it a great day.